Day number Simple man, Leonard Skinner, that could only mean one thing, and that's all things Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, off a successful weekend tour in Florida, two stops with President Trump. Um, Anecdotally, I wasn't able to make it. I tried, uh, but everybody that I, I got a lot of feedback, and everybody loved it. They had a good time. It was a huge success, and now we're looking forward to going to Houston on Saturday at the Toyota Center and then Dallas on Sunday at the American Airlines Center. Um, we broke some news with uh, President Trump saying that on January 5th, he had asked the Defense Department to deploy 10,000 National Guards people. He didn't order it. He suggested it. Never happened. But it was interesting because um, part of the uh, accusations from this uh, committee in the House was that Donald Trump, as president, instigated, and that's a key word, this Capitol riot. Well, now we know that's not true. And so it was almost thrilling for me to sit there and uh, have President Trump say, I've never said this before, and then go through the whole litany of what he did on January 5th, which, of course, we confirmed. Um, And now the uh, committee, which is in business solely to take Donald Trump off the board for running for president again. That's why they're in business. Now they pivoted into, well, he he didn't act fast enough to quell the riot. And I will ask him, Hannity, on Saturday and Sunday in Texas about that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I had reported, but not through him, that in fact that he asked not once but on two occasions for the National Guard to be called up. Now, in light of what had happened over 574 riots in the summer of 2020 bill that killed dozens of Americans resulted in billions of dollars in property damage, arson and looting. And of course, thousands of police officers were injured. As you know, Uh, it made perfect sense that the president would suggest knowing there's big crowds that are going to be coming to the Capitol and marching on the Capitol. uh, That was wise on the president's part to do it. Mark Meadows did the same thing. And so the, the chief of the Capitol police What's not reported, though, is who makes that decision? Because the person in charge of the Capitol Police and in charge of safety for the Capitol would be Nancy Pelosi. Absolutely, and that's what Donald Trump said. Now, he said that Pelosi vetoed it. Now, I I can't confirm that. I mean, I don't know how you would be able to confirm it. But here's something interesting. So during the riots after the George Floyd incident, Donald Trump offered National Guard troops to a variety of governors um, in Wisconsin and Oregon, and they turned them down. And this mirrors the same thing because he couldn't order National Guard to go to the Capitol property, all right, without the consent of the Speaker of the House. So he made a suggestion, and the Pentagon, uh, I don't know how enthusiastically it followed through on it, the Washington Post reports that Pelosi didn't veto it, but that's the Washington Post. So 
I, I can't confirm, but again, I'm looking forward to asking the president about this on Saturday and Sunday. So I get a call from a friend of mine last night um, that runs the old WGM, which they've turned it into a news channel, and Dan Abrams is on. And I get along great with Abrams. I have no problems with him. Uh, I'm told by my friend, tune in, O'Reilly's on, and he's stuck defending you. I mean, what do you mean stuck defending me? Stuck defending you, that's not my word. And I didn't know what the questions were. And Abrams was kind enough to put me on a program because I had basically said on BillOReilly.com and all my radio affiliates that the press was lying about the Trump history tour, which they, they are. They're just lying flat out because they know they can do it. That's and all they, they ever do, Trump. Bill. Yeah, they hate Trump, so Trump can never, ever have a success. He can never do anything good. So anyway, Abrams was kind of put me on a half an hour, and we got through that, and I gave him all the stats on the tour, which are phenomenal. There's not a politician on the planet who could sell more than 30,000 tickets for four shows in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody. I said, you think Barack Obama could do this, Abrams? Only if he was playing keyboards for the Stones, okay? <laughs> you couldn't do it. So then, you know, uh, Abrams, and I, I knew this was going to come, you know, pivots into you and uh, Fox News in January 6th. And he, uh, I thought, wasn't giving you uh, a proper historical context. It always goes, for me, it always comes back to history. So, you know, I know that you were very adamant about, as I was. I mean, we mirrored each other because we talked about it on the radio. Right. How bad this Capitol riot was. And there's no justification for it. By the okay? way, Bill, I was I was saying it in real time on the show. Right. And I said that to Abrams after he, you know, implied that you were being uh, hypocritical. I said, no, not Hannity. Hannity was way out front of this and has not played that. Um, well, it wasn't so bad game. So anyway, Abrams, to his credit, Hannity, he acknowledged, he acknowledged you were right. And I, I was a little shock, shocked. You know, Bill, we, we and you said this last night. We have audio tapes and we have videotapes. And you know what I did? I played the audio tape on this program yesterday and the videotape from TV. And I played it on TV last night as well. And it is amazing the 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 way that people in the industry of media just lie yeah, every single care. day. They why, don't care. But, but if you step back, why should they care anymore? I mean, why? When you and I first started at the Fox News Channel almost 25 years ago, there were standards. There were absolutely standards that we had to comply with. Now there aren't any. You can absolutely lie your butt off on national television about a famous person, and nobody's going to hold you accountable. Well, you know something, Bill? That's not something I could live with. I actually have a soul and a conscience. I can't lie about people. It's not in me. Just telling the truth about, you know, where the Democrats are taking the country is bad enough. You don't need to embellish it or lie. Think of the three-year Trump lie. Think of all the other lies that we have been told. Think of the lies Jen Psaki has been saying. Think of the lies Joe Biden, you know, pitching this $3.5 trillion disaster. It'll cost us nothing. It won't cost you a penny. I won't raise money. Uh, it, only the rich will pay taxes. All of these instances where we've been lied to, it's, it's, I think the American people have just grown accustomed to it. Well, that's too bad. 
because they're getting hosed because they can't find out. You know, it's interesting. In the tour yeah. with Donald Trump, he continues to say that the election was rigged. So Abrams challenges me and says, well, why do you let him say that? This is Abrams to me. And I looked at him and I said, that is his opinion. He firmly believes that is true. And I should have said, but it didn't occur to me, just like Joe Biden believes that spending trillions of dollars is already paid for. So if you're going to say the big lie for Trump in the election, are you not going to say the big lie for Biden and the spending when the congressional budget? Uh, how, how about the big Russia collusion lie? Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm going to do I'm going to do my friend Bill O'Reilly a solid here. And I'm going to give you a question that I know the answer to <laughs> um, that you're going to make news on. Would you, right. would you like that question? I'm ready to go. Ask President Trump the reaction that he got when he gave Scooter Libby a full pardon from Dick Cheney, the Cheney family, Scooter Libby. Ask that because, you know, Bill, maybe maybe I'm a little sensitive here. I've had over 1,300 text messages of mine released publicly, and I thought we had in this this country a belief in privacy. I was never being investigated. I was never brought up on charges. A judge releases my private personal text messages with Paul Manafort. You remember that when that happened. And now Liz Cheney is reading my private personal text messages uh, on national TV. And, and then the entire country misinterprets everything that I had said. And I have to now prove my innocence, which I was glad to do yesterday. It was pretty, it was, you know, it was a, a layup for me. Um, but ask about that, because I'll tell you what I would like, as long as Liz Cheney's all in favor of releasing text messages and emails and phone records, I'd like to have hers and I'd like to have Nancy Pelosi's, because I want to know why Nancy Pelosi did not take the recommendation of Donald Trump, Mark Meadows and the pol uh, Capitol Police chief to bring in the guard on January 6th. That's a key. That's an absolute key. As for Liz Cheney, don't you think she's finished? She's I, finished, I, I know except you're angry except at her for, for no, doing what she did. I'm not really that angry. Anger is the wrong word. Don't you think what bothers gone? me is this committee has a predetermined outcome. Of course, they want him off the board. Everyone right. knows that. They're, everyone in the world knows that. They but, want to purge but, the party of Trump. Yeah. That's why they kept kicked off Jim Banks and Jim Jordan. By the way, they will join us at the top of the next hour. Okay, but but isn't Liz Cheney finished? Yeah, she will lose. She's done, right? She's down 18 points. Yeah. So my philosophy is when you're done, I'm not going to kick you in the head. Um, and I understand um, why Liz Cheney doesn't like Donald Trump, and, and that's fine. I, if you don't like Donald Trump, you don't like Donald Trump. I don't Trump. have a problem with that either, but yeah. we already we had an impeachment over this, Bill. And it was and crazy, and that's another thing we broke. Did you know, I don't know whether you know this or not, that Bill Clinton signed a treaty in 1998 that said the United States and Ukraine have to cooperate with each other on corruption investigations? I did know that. That is correct. And, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was the basis of the first impeachment. So Donald Trump is saying, hey, um, I, when I had the phone call, I had the treaty. I had to ask him about See, it. See, I, I actually want a committee and a commission to look into the January 6th riots and what safety needs to protect our institutions and our po elected politicians. I don't care what your what 
whether you have a D or an R in front of your name, it means nothing to me. We've got to protect people. But I also want a committee and a commission looking into the 574 riots that took place in the summer of 2020. Dozens dead. We have thousands of cops injured, billions in property damage, Bill. Nobody wants that committee. How come? Absolutely, because there was a lot of money behind these riots coming through, washing through the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation. If people knew that they were coordinated, the Antifa stuff in Portland, Oregon, the stuff in Seattle, that money was washed through these organizations. And to this day, that is happening. It's not spontaneous. Um, it, It is very well organized. They call it dark money. And that is a huge story. That's why they don't want it. All right, quick break. More with Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com, 800-941-SEAN, our number. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls coming up next half hour. Bill O'Reilly uh, coming off his tour last weekend in Florida with President Trump. This weekend, he's in Houston and Dallas with the president. Let me go back to the privacy issue again. Do you think it should be legal in America if for whatever reason, be it if it's law enforcement or a committee in Washington of politicians, they acquire information on private citizens that are not involved in any incident should it be illegal to release their private personal information? Because I believe in privacy. Well, there has to be a new law about privacy because of the Internet. And, you know, Congress is so far behind updating the protections that Americans are entitled to. Um, they got to get on it. Because now you can destroy anybody without a context text and emails. Somebody shoots them out there. There's, and that's what I oh, said. Oh, the crap I text you. Forget it. I mean, did you ever get a text from Don Imus? Could you imagine releasing right. those publicly? It's in jest and, and, and humorous, but there's no. that's what I told Abrams last night. I said, look, you're taking all of this out of context with all three of the Fox people, Hannity, Kilmeade, and, and Ingram. We don't know what the context of this conversation My context was. was exactly what I was saying on the air that I, know, I but said. You have the forum to say it. Other people don't. That's true. No, that's true. Other. Well, I do appreciate it. I know you probably were miserable no, having to. No, it wasn't that. I, I, no, it was awful. I, you, you did not want to have to do that. That's look. If I can <laughs> defend you. Oh, if yeah. All right, I'm happy to do it if you're right. <laughs> and in this, if case, I'm wrong, you're going to cupcake me. I got it. If, if you're wrong, you're going to get hammered. But <laughs> Thanks case, a lot. What a, there's a real right. pal there. All right, so the uh, O'Reilly Trump tour back this weekend in Houston, and where else are you going? Dallas? Dallas on Sunday, Houston on Saturday, and I really appreciate you uh, mentioning a tour. If anybody goes, they'll never forget it. All right, Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly. If you want to join him in Dallas or Houston this weekend, it's on BillOReilly.com. Sir, thank you, and thanks for defending me. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, When we come back, by the way, we're going to update you on the Supreme Court filing uh, of the Attorney General of Arizona on the public charge rule, which would ensure that non-citizens are able to financially support themselves. 
something few people talk about. That's next. All right, 25 down to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? I want to go back to comments that we played on this program yesterday, and that is DHS Secretary Mayorkas uh, even admitting that Kamala Harris is not the border czar. It was pretty evident anyway. Uh, she's still, you know, too busy firing people and being difficult to work with, and and everybody else is quitting, and all these PR stunts, hiring kid actors, and everything else isn't working either. Uh, her approval ratings are a disaster, um, and also, not she didn't go to the border. I mean, where the action is, where to actually learn something. She did a drive-by. Uh, nor has Joe Biden been down there, and Jen Psaki talks about that. I'll play this from yesterday. Is Vice President Harris still in charge of addressing the root causes of migration from El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala? She is, and I just announced a, a commitment that she's announcing this afternoon. Then why is it that she has not spoken to the president of Guatemala since June? That's six months. Well, I know that I, I did see this kind of strange report uh, from the president of Guatemala saying that uh, he's had no contact with the White House, which is inaccurate. No, he, didn't uh, say that. he said uh, Vice President Harris he has not spoken to her. And if she's in charge, why? Why is that? Well, we have had a range of conversations, Peter, I think as are reflected in our readout we put out last week with our national security advisor. Is the administration um, reaching out to Mexico, to partners in Central America this morning? Does this cause for a certain reevaluation of the strategy to deter migration? It would really come through the Department of Homeland Security, uh, that kind of outreach. Uh, so I would point you to them for any more detail about a connection with the Mexican government. Or the vice president at this point? I can, this is- I can check and see, but I suspect that conversation would first happen through the Department of Homeland Security. All right, here to update us on the real situation at the border, the Attorney General of Arizona, Mark Burnovich, is with us. He's also running for the Senate against Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly, probably the single most reliable Schumer vote for the people of Arizona when you get to the polls in November. This is a, an absolutely open seat that Republicans can and should pick up. Um, anyway, uh, Mr. Attorney General, welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us. I want you to update us on specifically a brief that you filed with the Supreme Court to defend the public charge rule that would ensure certain non-citizens are able to financially support themselves in order to become a U.S. citizen, uh, et cetera. Now, I've I've said if we're going to have legal immigration, which I support, I don't care where any where anybody comes from, but we got to do a background check in the middle of a pandemic. We need a health check. And people have to show that they have the financial means to take care of themselves so they won't be a burden on the American people. So I think all three are fair. What's the status of the lawsuit? Well, Sean, you are a great American, and so thank you for having me on again. Uh, your listeners know that the looming man-made disaster facing this country is not climate change, but it is what the disaster, or it's the disaster the Biden administration and his enablers like Cartel Kelly have created along our southern border. So the Biden administration has decriminalized people coming here. They've incentivized what I call monetizing people coming here illegally. So the Supreme Court accepted our challenge, our brief, 
on the public charge rule. And this is basically a statute that for 100 years in this country, if you want to come here, if you want to get a green card citizenship, you want to become an American, you have to be able to support yourself. The Trump administration said that if you want to do that, you cannot be on public benefits or welfare for more than one year of your first three years here. Common sense rule. We don't want to monetize people coming here. As you mentioned, Sean, you know, we're all about legal immigration, the rule of law. I'm a first generation American. And the reason why people come here is because the rule of law means something. But the Biden administration abandoned the defense of that rule. They wouldn't defend it in court and they won't enforce it and they withdrew it. So we said as the states, you know, that the AGs have been the you know, tip of the spear. We said, wait a minute, if the Biden administration won't defend the law, we will. So we filed it. The Supreme Court accepted the case. A lot of court watchers were kind of surprised. And we just filed a brief basically setting forth our positions as to why it is constitutional and necessary to make sure that people come here. If they want to come to America, if you want to be an American citizen, you got to follow the rules and you got to be able to support yourself. Common sense, um, integrity when it comes to immigration laws. Okay. And where do you feel this is going and how long is it going to take? Is this a June ruling you would expect? When arguments? Uh, yeah. And they, they haven't set the argument yet, Sean. And as you know, I argued Brnovich v. DNC, the most important election integrity case earlier this year at the Supreme Court. And I want to personally argue this one too, hopefully with my schedule permitting, because it is a landmark important case. They have not set it on the calendar yet, but I would anticipate sometime early spring it'll be argued. And that means we probably won't get a decision until June. Is there anything that you hear, I've been hearing rumblings, that there there might be some election integrity issues with absolute proof coming down the line sometime early next year? Is do you Have you heard anything about it? Sean, you know, I, I'm a former prosecutor. I've handled probably thousands of criminal cases. And one thing I learned a long time ago as a prosecutor is you cannot legally and ethically comment when you have ongoing investigations. One of the things that always worries me is that sometimes there's misinformation out there or there's things that are speculation. And, you know, one of the things I've told people consistently is that as a prosecutor, we're not like the clowns in New York. We don't throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Is you have to say, okay, what's admissible in court? Can we prove this? Can it survive a defense attorney scrutinizing it? I think we all know what happened in 2020, and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to ensure the integrity of the process, and that means making sure, you know, as I did in Brnovich v. DNC, that we don't allow ballot harvesting. We have voter ID laws. We need to make sure that we are doing everything we can to check signature verification requirements on mail-in ballots. I will tell you that it's not just me, but Jimmy Carter used to say the greatest threat to election integrity was mail-in ballots and third-party handling them. And there are too many states, including Arizona, where there's not enough being done to ensure that whoever is filing that mail-in ballot or sending that mail-in ballot in, that the signatures are being matched to the actual voter. All right. Well, keep us up to speed on uh, all of that. And we're going to be watching very closely when we come back after our Christmas break. Uh, your race for the Senate. Um, and uh, I think you would beat Mark Kelly in a head-to-head matchup. And I think the people of Arizona deserve a lot better representation than a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer and this leftist socialist uh, agenda that they're pushing. Uh, anyway, uh, Attorney General Brnovich, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We need a senator for Arizona, not one for the cartels or the human traffickers, Sean. Appreciate your hard work. Chad is in Texas. Chad, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called.
Hello, Sean. Thank you very, very much for taking the call. You know, um, happy early birthday coming up, and we're at the tail end of 2021. Can I, can I just, just say one thing about my birthday? I hate birthdays. I hate, I cannot stand them. Uh, and I and everybody in my life is, no matter what I say, all I want is a Betty Crocker cake with vanilla icing. Vanilla cake, vanilla icing. That's all I said I wanted. Why does everybody feel that that they think that they know me better than I know myself and I want more? Can you explain that to me? Because I'm having a problem with it. I need your help. Uh, I do not have the answer, but what I do know, when that one thing is being said to your to your inner circle, to your family, to your friends, they're going to get you so many other things besides that specific Betty Crocker cake. But That's all I, I mean, want I is the Betty Crocker cake. I, I'm making it easy for everybody. I, exactly, because you know. And by the way, you know who's been conspiring in this? Linda's been conspiring. Uncle James has been conspiring. Everybody on my team's been conspiring. Well, you know, they're colluding with each other, and you know, unlike Bill O'Reilly, you're the simple man. All you want is that specific birthday cake. That's all I want, Betty John, Crocker cake, and I'll even make the damn thing myself. How's that? Uh, you can make it just like the turkey ball uh, that you did at Thanksgiving, but really, I did. Quickly, I cooked too. Uh, I just want to congratulate you on being always number one on cable and TV, uh, on radio and TV. And I listen to you almost every day, and I have since January of 2011. So this past wow. January was 10 years. And even though I can't listen all three hours of every day, I listen to you for quite a bit. And listening to you, it really puts, you know, whatever is going on, whatever good things or whatever struggles are going on, it puts it out of the mind for just the amount of time I listen to you. You know, 2020 was a tough year because of coronavirus. This year, 2021, has been a challenging year uh, for business. It's been way up and down, nothing like the previous gig in the oil and gas industry. So I just want to, uh, that I was in, and I just want to thank you for being just a straight up guy. You're very, well, you're very, you're like very kind. Like that stuff, so let me let me give you some hope. And I don't know why this year is like the first year I've been into Christmas music, and I'm listening. I don't like the the you know Happy Santa Claus nonsense songs and and Rudolph songs. Those are for kids. But the real meaningful Christmas songs, even the old classics that I grew up with, I just for some reason this year they're more meaningful to me. And I'm very grateful to be able to do this. But let me send you, as this is my last week before I take my long holiday every year, I want to send this message to you. I am very hopeful that we begin the process of getting America back on track next year. And that will be my sole focus, thinking about it over the holiday, getting some fresh ideas, clearing my mind, appreciating the gifts of my life, and figuring out how we win. That's it. That's what matters. We, the American people, deserve better than what we're getting. And I'm hopeful we can we can stop and reverse course and get this country back on track. And you know what? These are important things to me. I mean, it's my passion. I love it. And it's going to take you, and it's going to take me, and it's going to take every single person that listens to this show or watches TV Every American we can get on board, we're going to need all hands on deck. And I think we're going to be successful. I'm very optimistic about it. Does that, I hope that helps you. 
That helps. It, it really does, Sean, because, you know, I was, I'm such a big fan of you. I was a big fan of, of, of Rush as well. And, and LeVan just entertains the dickens out of me, and so do you. Thank me. But Get off my phone, you big dope. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, my son, 13-year-old, loves it when he says that. We listen to him on the radio just like you. But that's a sincere message coming from an individual who really – put, you know, not necessarily dumb things down, but really puts things in perspective. And like you, you know, because of the challenging year that this was and a couple of times going to, like you, I'm a smelly, non-smelly Walmart shopper, but when <laughs> they have the, some of those Christmas songs on it, and not the, you know, the, the lovey-dovey reindeer or whatever, but more of the, if you want to call it kind of, not corny, but the sentimental one, you know, my favorite is, Oh, come on, you faithful. Oh, that, that kind of just hits you. And it is a seasonal song, what have you. But, you know, just looking forward to a better 20. But the, but the thing 20, that stands, you know what stands out about me now that you're mentioning it? It stands out that it's supposed to be a joyous occasion. That mm-hmm. that this 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 historical event, this, we know how it ends, how the story ends. And it ends with the reconciliation of God to to man through the sacrifice of one man, the Son of God. And it just, I don't know, it just strikes me this year more than any other year. And I i don't know, sometimes you got to go through tough times to appreciate things more. And and maybe that's, maybe that's the lesson we're all learning here. It's a lesson we're all learning. And uh, even though it is Christmas time, there's one specific thing that I'll tune into. And it's been a while since I think you've played it on your show um it is that special part you know now i'm going to be kind of corny to any listener that's listening but then again he or she could probably agree as tough as things get it doesn't get any better than what was it uh rocky that message to his son you know it's just we all get beat down uh I, i get beat down hell even the president gets beat down but he never he never surrendered he always fought back it's just you know i'll tell you what i'm gonna do hard at, at, this is my Christmas gift for you. Let me play this speech. This is Rocky to his son. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Love that speech. Chad, thanks for reminding us to play it. And you know what? It's true. I identify with all of that in my own personal life. We've all been hit hard. Nothing hits as hard as life itself. It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward and not getting stuck. Anyway, good call. 800-941-SEAN, our number. When we come back, we will check in with Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll get to your calls next hour as well.